How about because they just were like, how about like, hey, all you campers and gold prospectors? Hey, okay. <laughs> uh, if you need me, I'll just be back here, no, man. Just, sitting on the rest of my good no, ideas. No, I mean, I guess that Well... <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> what is it? Chitara. 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 Okay. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, here we go. I got the giggles. God, this is going to be good. Hey, all you Lino lovers and Chitara fans. Welcome back to That Would Be Rad, a podcast that majors in 80s and 90s nostalgia, comic culture, all things paranormal, and minors in retro video games, tabletop RPGs, pre-internet mysteries, and raising our kids to be half as cool as we were, Back in the 80s. We are your hosts, Woody Brown. And Tyler Bentz. How's it going, man? Hey, pretty good, except for I am just stumbling all over my words today. But what else is new? <laughs> I mean, I think I botched the last one, so. So. What's that? Like we were saying before the podcast started, my kids have really been getting into Thundercats lately. Mm, it's been a long time. Yes. Dude, first off, it's super corny. It's so hilarious how corny these old shows are Mm -hmm. um man it's actually like i remember now like i actually liked thundercats i think better than he-man oh i i definitely did and actually i think that uh hold on trying to adjust my microphone here but i never understood um i think i actually even preferred uh silverhawks more than thundercats Hmm. Mm -hmm. i just I remember Silverhawks and I remember liking it and I had the toys and everything. I just don't remember. I remember, I think I watched Thundercats more or something because I remember more of that. Mm -hmm. The one thing that always bugged me though was every single one of them have like a name that, you know, is reminiscent of the animal that they are, right? Yeah. And then there's, what's his name? um, Panthro. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he's gray. Mm. And he doesn't even look like a panther. Yeah, but I'm sure that that was a... I mean, they can't have like a... Uh, like a panther looking character on there, I guess, because it would just get lost. Yeah, that, and that's the thing. It's it's like the uh, uh, being an artist and like being a designer for years. It um it, it sort of equips you with the knowledge of like dealing with like uh, customers. Like I did a lot in the the area of like branding and logo design and that kind of thing. So it's a constant like compromise, you know, and so. There's little things that I can look at that it's like, oh, yeah, that was definitely like an art department decision, you know. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, I think I still think it looks pretty good, though. Yeah, it looks cool. It's just when I just even remember as a kid that bugging me and being like, I mean, bluish gray is not a panther. Well, I will say this, though, and this is kind of a comic book trick dating way back. Anytime you have like black hair, and I don't know how many of you have noticed this, but like anytime an artist is drawing like black hair, obviously they do... um, you know, heavier black, what's called fill areas. So, you know, it's a little more like, um, you know, filled with black. But then the open areas in comic books are filled with the color blue. And then that, you know, that's kind of the areas that would be sort of your highlight areas, like your, you know, the light would Mm -hmm. be reflecting. So they have blue. And I I think they originally did that, you know, in the old days because they only had like so many colors. So they couldn't, they couldn't process like a lighter highlight so then they would add in like the blue and it would kind of work and then you know along the way it just became what you did and even now 
even some of the stuff that I've done, um, my colorist, Bill Crabtree, he's He's amazing. He's done like six, yeah, he's awesome. Six Gun. He's working on a book called Crimson Flower with Matt Kent and Matt Lesniowski. Um, Lesniowski. I get his name wrong every time, but he's on Inky Knuckles uh, with me, the art rep that I'm that I have. But uh, but he's amazing, and you know it's that same thing. He still does the uh, the blue for black hair. Yeah, so it's cool. Oh, one thing about those those cartoons, especially that era. One thing that that I think is so cool is the it's like you can always tell the difference in like the intro art mm, mm-hmm. and it's it's always almost always you know high level studio like Japanese artist because uh, it just looks amazing and then mm-hmm. you know then it kind of like gets a little dumbed down once it gets um, yeah. for the actual episode. I mean I guess because they had to like scale it you know oh yeah 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 um, there was another cartoon which is not a lot of people know about and even now it's really kind of hard to find a lot of information about it but uh, there was a cartoon that I was obsessed with and there were toys and everything but I only ever saw it uh, when I would go to my dad's house every other weekend in Athens Georgia and it came on at like 6 30 in the morning and it was called Bionic 6. Oh yeah Dude, man, I remember that. It is such an amazing cartoon I mean and the intro is like one of the coolest it's just, it looks amazing. The artwork's brilliant. And, like, the costuming is straight up. I mean, it literally, I hate to say this because I love Jim Lee, but there is no way that Jim Lee did not rip the costuming for the Uncanny X-Men costumes. If you've never seen Bionic 6, go look it up because it's really cool. Well, and what was cool, too, is watching that first episode of Thundercats because both my kids were like, well, Woodrow had heard of it, but my youngest was just kind of like, what is, you know, what is this? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, you've never heard of Thundercats? Well, let's watch one episode, you know, because they're like 20 minutes long. Mm-hmm. You know, it's no big deal. And watching that origin episode, I completely forgot about the nudity. You know, no, I've completely forgot about the fact that they came, you know, like Lino was young before they traveled into space or whatever. And he ends up getting old in that little like sleep chamber thing mm, mm-hmm. and so then he becomes like a, a quote-unquote adult and and then just like give me sight beyond sight like just stuff like that that i hadn't heard in forever i'm like god this is so rad man yeah that stuff's really cool um I, and that's the thing that i think that um we lost a little in the 80s is that you know some of the themes were pretty advanced and and pretty cool um you know, it, I feel like as we've we've progressed, I mean, my, you know, I, I'm a girl dad. I have two little girls. And uh, so we don't watch a lot of those sort of, you know, boy cartoons or whatever. But I can mm-hmm. say, um, you know, while I think the art and like the computer animation has sort of advanced, I think story wise that it's just it's just like even more dumbed down for it's like oh we gotta we gotta do this thing for kids so make sure it's just like you know there's no sort yeah, of subtlety like they don't get they don't get into like any lore really yeah exactly know? yeah and and honestly um you know not to kick this up again but um honestly i think that that was one of my problems with wonder woman 1984 i feel like that was mm. the same kind of approach it's like we get it. it. It's Wonder Woman. We've this has been a character that we've all known about for a hundred years. When mm-hmm. when you mentioned that you you showed the kids the first episode, uh, and I yeah. said I brought up the nudity part, I wasn't kidding. That's actually a thing 
where they, I think almost the whole first episode, when you see oh, yeah, Chitara, Chitara does she's she's literally yeah. naked the whole time. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, she well, I mean, it, she's got fur, but yeah, yeah, I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, pretty funny. It's on. I think it's on. I think we saw it on Hulu. You should check it out, man. Especially that first episode, just to be reminded of that origin story because it's really cool. Hmm. That is cool. I I always thought Mumra was a cool. Uh, oh, yeah, villain man. too. He looked great. I, I used to have the toy. Yeah. You could like squeeze his or no, no, push the the thing on his back, and he would. Uh, yeah, his eyes would light up. Yeah, really I used cool. to have all those toys too. The only survivors now are like that big fat uh, lizard dude. Oh, I, I don't remember that. Uh, he's one of the main bad guys. You would remember him the second you you see him. I'll I'll text the picture. Uh, and then the other one um, that I have that survived is Panthro, hmm. of course. For some reason, I don't think I ever had any of the good guys at all. I did have the little, the little weaselly copper metal guy from Silverhawks, though. I had that toy. Yeah, I've got that one still. Dude, you know what I want to talk about, man? What's that? You know, some folks would like ask, well, man, all right, dude. Yeah, okay, so you had to stay in bed with the coronavirus. That sucks. But at least you're able to like binge a bunch of new shows. Mm-hmm. You know, what did you see? And uh, I have to say, I slept the majority of those, you know, two weeks. I'm still kind of like daily, still kind of like getting wiped out around like just after lunch, essentially. But the answer is I didn't binge any new shows. In fact, I actually got a chance to binge one of my favorite all-time shows ever, man. And that is Columbo. Oh, God. I've never seen a single episode. <laughs> Dude, I, I know people probably think I'm joking around. But I'm not joking. That is literally, I think, my favorite show of all time. Well, it's funny because a ton of like actors and artists and stuff that that um, you know that I'm a fan of, they always talk about Columbo being so great. Really? And I've never seen it. But oh my gosh, man! Yeah, I, I feel like I'm the only like myself, and then like my grandparents, yeah, and maybe my parents are the only people I know that even talk about it. Really, <laughs> nobody like our age. I never see anyone talk about it but it's just excellent dude i mean i love the way that they start the show and by the way like these were like the friday night murder mystery Mm -hmm. or whatever and so they were like almost in some ways like feature length uh episodes and so like you it's like an hour and a half long you know two hours long with commercials so so was this running around the same time as like murder she wrote because that was another big one. Maybe. I don't know. I, you know, it, I, I want to say that the first couple of episodes or the first season was, you know, back in the 70s. Mm-hmm. But it ran for like a long time into like the early 2000s, man. And I don't really like most of the modern ones, truthfully. I like yeah. the first maybe like eight seasons. You know, obviously, if, if you've never seen it, it stars Peter Falk, who he's also written one of my favorite autobiographies he's just an awesome person and a cool character but the columbo character alone is just one of my favorite in television and the way that they did it you know the show starts off showing you the audience you're you're basically you witness Mm -hmm. the murder happening oh i like that and then after all that, so like the first like 30 minutes is, you know, Columbo's not even in it. You're watching whatever's about to go down and, and why it goes down. And you watch the person commit the crime, the murder, and then try to, and then cover it up and cover their tracks and all this kind of stuff. Hmm. And then basically after that commercial break, here comes Columbo. And he pulls in in this ratty old uh, car and he comes out and he's kind of disheveled. 
and he and he appears to especially the the criminal as just like kind of a bumbling sort of not important person that's just kind of like not quite with and, it you know and, and that's, there's no way that's like his like his his thing right yeah and you can never really tell uh if it's it's hard to explain it's like you never really know my wife and i were kind of talking about this because since she was forced to be bedridden as well believe it or not i actually got her into the show and so she binged it with me does she like it is she into it yeah mm. oh yeah now, I mean, would she choose to watch Columbo over any other option? Probably uh, over not. Over Housewives but, of New Hampshire. Yeah, or whatever. <laughs> but, you know, in several instances, she was like, oh, man, we got to finish that episode because you wanted to see what happens. Because, like, really, the most, the most amazing thing after you've witnessed this murder and stuff and you know what happened mm-hmm. is to watch Columbo unravel it. And then throughout that time, you're like, when, does he know right now? Because he seems to. I feel like the moment he steps foot on the scene, he already kind of has figured it out in his head, hmm. and then at that point, he just kind of starts toying with the the bad guy, and and it's just so awesome to watch. And him. now is he like a he's like a detective? Yeah, or like a PI? Yeah. No, he's a, he's a detective. He works for the uh, Los Angeles Police Department. Okay, cool, Lieutenant Colombo. And so most of the murders and stuff typically deal with, you know, super wealthy folks, um, but not all the time. But, you know, it's just, it's unique in that, especially back then when they came out, I think it was the only one that would start that way. You get to watch what would typically be the mystery. And then after that, you get to watch Columbo figure it out and then just you know, make the, just wear this person down, you know, and the famous line, just when the person thinks they're like safe, you know, Columbo will come with like a, a bunch of questions, you know, like, uh, you know, Hey, where were you on this day or whatever? Mm-hmm. And like, Oh, that's come on. That's easy. And then Columbo will be like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. God, what was I thinking? And then he'll be leaving and the murder just feels like, okay, whew, I made it. This is it. And then as Columbo like either leaves or he has just walked out the door, he comes back and he's like, uh, just one more thing. I'm sorry to bother you, ma'am. I just wanted to ask you one more question. What is it? And that's like his famous mm. line. And he'll ask him other questions. And dude, it's just, it's so good, man. Man, you kind of got me excited about watching Columbo now. Yeah. Those words have never been said by anyone. <laughs> <laughs> if you dive into like season one, for example, mm-hmm. just know, just like we've talked about, about other things. The pacing, oh yeah, it, you know, is super totally slow. different. That seventies yeah. and early eighties style, like they'll do some like artistic things that you're like, boy, that was just <laughs> like a, a slow fade into a scene that's just like the out the exterior of a hospital. So in other words, it's like super blurry, yeah, and it comes into focus. But it nowadays that would be like a quick ten second, yeah ordeal now it's like a full minute this is like a full two (laughs) minutes of just a slow coming into focus and you're like god and then it's just the exterior of a hospital it's like what that has nothing to do with the story other than that's where the victim Uh, you know what i I mean mean, talking about vintage poor pacing yeah that's that's really funny because as the listeners know we have been watching a lot of 80s movies lately and um yeah, boy, you really forget a lot of those super long, drawn-out sort of techniques that, uh, you know, mm-hmm. that now is like a jump cut, two seconds, and it's gone. So that's just kind of like a fair warning. If you dive into it, you know, just kind of be uh, 
a little on the uh, on the slow side. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, really, man. Even though it's cool that they do it that way and they show you the murder first, I got to be honest. Sometimes, and it gets on Anne's nerves because she's like, "No, no, no, no I want to watch that part." I kind of skip to just when Columbo comes on the scene. Mm. <laughs> That's what I want to see. I want to see him just take this person down because it's just so good. So now, as someone who's never even seen a single episode, does is he? I mean, does he kind of provide like the comedic relief or like the yeah. the charisma kind of thing? Yeah, both, man. But it's weird. It's like he's just such a funny character, man. Like he'll do this thing where he like shows up. He looks like he hasn't slept in forever, and everyone's wanting to tell him, "Oh, good," because he's such a sought after like detective that solves it every time. Mm-hmm. You know, the police force on the scene and stuff. People that are there. They're like, oh, good, Columbo. Um, you know, and they're starting to fill him in on something, and they're giving him all these details, and he looks like he's listening. But then he's like, did you say there was coffee in here? <laughs> and then that, you know, and then he, and then the guy's like, huh? You know, and or he'll have like this boiled egg, right? And he's always kind of like searching in his like trench coat to find the right thing, and then he'll just like pull out this boiled egg. And this one scene, dude, was just so hilarious. This young police officer was like, Hey, uh, Lieutenant, sir, I think, you know, this could be one of the murder weapons in a scenario where the the person wasn't bludgeoned or anything. Mm-hmm. So clearly Columbo knows that that's not a murder weapon. But so this kid's holding this like tire iron mm-hmm. and Columbo is just like, okay, okay, yeah. You know, and then um, he's like, one second, one second, because the kid's about to leave. And he's like, whoa, 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 hold on. And he's like searching around his pockets. He pulls out this boiled egg and he's like, come here with that thing. And he just taps his boiled egg <laughs> on this tire iron, you know, awesome. and it's like. Just little stuff like that. So it's both like he provides the the everything, man. Mm-hmm. It's just really cool to see him outsmart the person that a lot of times, man, does a really good job at covering their tracks. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just so cool, man. So is it all sort of like anthology-based? Could you just jump in any episode? Yep. Cool. Exactly. I yeah. love that. Yeah, man. They're like little mini movies that you can just watch. None of them are related to the other, really. Yeah, that's awesome. I, and that's, I feel like that's something that, I don't know, I, I wish there were more of that. I mean, a lot of my favorite things are that way. You know, it's like, um, which you've got to read the Hellboy stuff, but like the Hellboy trades are like that. The Batman black and white is like that. Mm-hmm. It's just like little little vignettes. And uh, I think it's cool just to see sort of like, okay, I'm going to take, you know, 10 pages and throw this character in like a, a random time and in a random sort of situation and just see see what happens i think that stuff's cool it is cool man you're right there's not really a lot of that i guess there's more like anything they do like that nowadays is more like anthology series right like the american horror stuff and well i guess black black mirrors like that of, eh, that's true hmm. yeah you're you're right but yeah no yeah yeah like american horror stories it's like per the series which is pretty cool you know Speaking of that, I I, uh, I started watching uh, 1984. Yeah, which is that the most recent one? I think so, man. I don't know. I've never watched any of them. You know, I mean, I've tried several times. There's just something about it's weird because, like, I love I love horror stuff, but there's something about it that's like so just over the top. I don't know. I I don't know. It just, it just it never totally like grabs me, even though 
when I see like a new one come out, it's like, oh man, I got to check that out. I always, I always watch like an episode or two and then it just, just doesn't, it doesn't, it's not very lasting to me or something, mm-hmm. you know? But yeah, no, I, I started watching the 1984 one and I really liked it because it, to, you know, it had this sort of 80s thrasher or Jesus, 80s yes. slasher <laughs> <laughs> vibe. And, um, but then it just, it's like, it just, I don't know. It's like they, they had the tone and it was, it was cool. And then it just kept just going so over the top. So sort of like over the top cliche 80s stuff. We're just like, no, almost like, almost like they had the 80s stuff down. And then, you know, because it's new, it's like, it takes itself very, very seriously. So it's like, it just, okay, now this person's going to die. Now it's not really this person. It's another person. It, It just like, I don't know. It was just too much. It's almost like it would have worked. I mean, to me anyway, like maybe everybody else thinks it was great, but to me, it would have worked as like a single hour and a half, two hour deal instead of spreading it out over an entire season Mm. kind of thing. Okay. And so like, how are these built? Are they like mysteries? I mean, it sounds like it's kind of like a mystery or something. I mean, this one, for example, is kind of like a, you know, um, like sleep, so like sleepaway camp, really. Oh, okay. Um, and but then it just, I don't know. I, I think the thing that makes those '80s movies so sort of special is they are kind of, you know, they are cheesy, which I think they did a good job for that with that. But they they don't take themselves seriously, and I think they were even in even at like the height of those movies. I think there was there was still a self awareness of like, yeah, we know that this is kind of cheesy, mm-hmm. but we but that's why we love it. You know what I mean? And this right. this that was what was missing in in this. Hmm. Now I'm gonna have to watch it to see if I agree. I mean, I think you'll really like it. The first two or three episodes, because I, I, I think I even texted you and I was like, dude, this yeah, is, I remember, this yeah. is awesome. But I don't know, it just. It just keeps going, keeps going. Yeah. So, I mean, do you want to uh, talk about uh, the, these two uh, these two movies that we watched, these two 80s fantasy movies that we watched that we pit against each other to find out ultimately? Yeah, I think who, so. Uh, um, who turns out to be the champion? One thing before we get into that is um, I... A quick break and a word from our sponsors. We will return after these messages. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Tyler, man, you know, there's one thing that got me through this COVID craziness. I got in the mail a couple of items from our merch store. Mm. And I got to tell you, man, this crew neck sweater is maybe one of the most comfortable things I've ever worn. The inside of it is like... I don't know how to explain it, man. I, I'm, I'm never going to take this thing off. Wait a minute. We have sweaters? Oh, yeah. We've got sweaters, hoodies. Wait, sweaters? T-shirts. Though? Huh? Like knit sweaters? Sw- sweatshirt. Come on. <laughs> Dang it, man. Okay. Just go with it. I go, mean, you know what I'm saying. Sweatshirts. This sweatshirt is the most comfortable thing I have ever put on. I also got this like really cool trucker cap that says B-Rad on it. I mean, mm-hmm. I think if people haven't already, they need to go check out our merchandise store they can find it at shop.spreadshirt.com slash that would be rad so again that's shop.spreadshirt.com that would be rad you're listening to that would be rad all right dude let's dive in here's the thing we decided a couple months ago Mm -hmm. to kind of put together a list of for a couple different reasons but a, a list of 80s fantasy movies that we enjoyed when we were kids. Yeah. And then we were going to kind of put them up against each other and see who came out and emerged as what we would consider for this matchup, I guess, the champion of all these movies. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons is because, you know, again, kind of getting back into um, Dungeons and Dragons a couple months ago, oh, yeah. we just had this like influx of like wanting to consume anything like like that, like fantasy, like Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. all, all, all those movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. So... That's the reason behind it. But it's funny because, well, I'll get to that in just a second. So the two that we watched this past week and that we're going to figure out today, The Beastmaster, yep. which came out in 1982, mm-hmm. and then Kroll, that's K-R-U-L-L for anybody unfamiliar with mm-hmm. it, which came out in 1983. Mm-hmm. Now, you and I, for the listener, I, I think it's important that they know, Tyler and I have not discussed our own individual thoughts about these two movies yet because we wanted to save it for when we had already hit the record button. Mm-hmm. So do you want me to start first in my thoughts about Kroll and the Beastmaster? Uh, well, let me just say this, and then you probably want to follow up with the same sort of sentiment. But So I was really pushing Kroll because mm-hmm. I remember this mm-hmm. as a kid, and I remember just being obsessed with it. I remember thinking it was the greatest thing ever. I didn't remember a lot about it, but I remember... His, you know, he has this cool weapon kind of thing. So yeah, so so I was really, really excited to get into Kroll. Uh, just know that. Yeah, and I mean, I had never seen it. In fact, I had never, I'd never even heard of mm-hmm. it. And so, like, just looking at the poster art for when it came out, which is amazing, it looked really cool. Yeah. And right out of the gate, I got to say this: one, I don't know how it snuck into our fantasy face-off in general because it's really kind of like fantasy slash sci-fi. Yeah. In fact, it might even lean mostly toward sci-fi. Which I had to- I had totally forgotten about. So, you know, I guess maybe if I had seen it back in the day, maybe I would have remembered that, you know, 
the fact is that it, it kind of occurs in a fantasy setting, but the, it is heavily sci-fi. Yeah. I would I would almost say, sorry to cut you off. Well, I'm not hmm, sorry. What else is new, pal? <laughs> um, I would almost venture to say that it was trying to be like Star Wars more than yeah. an actual fantasy movie. Yeah, and it's interesting too because it came out in 83. Mm-hmm. I think they, you know, they obviously filmed, there's a lot of, and we'll get into who all kind of like is in the movie, but there's a lot of British especially famous British actors that are in it. I think they filmed it over there. And so truthfully, I, th- I bet if we looked at all the crew list, all of the extras list, mm-hmm. there's probably a lot of folks that were in the Star Wars movies yeah, as well. Sort of overlap. And I don't know if, you know, there is a lot of, it's kind of got that vibe. Like if, if people go back and watch Masters of the Universe, you know, it's got that, which is a movie about He-Man that doesn't really have almost anything to do with anything the cartoons ever, ever had. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's almost like they mixed, they wanted to capitalize on that Star Wars fandom. Yeah. And, but we're still kind of, they've got like their foot in each, you know, kind of camp. Mm-hmm. And and they can't, this movie, in my opinion, can't decide what it wants to be, except for they're just like, I got an idea, man. I like swords and shields and bows and arrows oh, yeah. but i also like star wars so what if we just did something did like what's both yeah which is, it i mean on paper that sounds pretty cool oh but i gotta say man it's it was hard for me to get through this movie yeah. now there there were a couple cool moments you know that i thought oh that's kind of cool like towards the end there's this scene where they're just like riding t- you know to go and uh, fight the bad guys or whatever. And they're on these horses and they're like, the, just like their hooves and stuff are like on fire. Mm-hmm. And that I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, the Cyclops character was kind of cool. Yeah. Well, and, and also I got to say, I mean, <laughs> halfway, so the only thing that we've, we've talked with each other about regarding this is I get a text uh, from what he's saying, so far I think I like Beastmaster better. And so, yeah. and as a kid, I I never I was never really like the a Beastmaster a huge fan. Like I remember mm. watching it, but I remember it a lot less. Like I felt like I probably saw that when I was much younger. So I didn't I wasn't like really into it. But um, mm. I was a little offended when you sent that, and I was like, <laughs> oh, just wait. He doesn't even know what he's talking about. But I gotta say, dude, that's so funny. Like I was the exact opposite. My brother and I, like, we were obsessed with the Beastmaster and the Beastmaster Two. I just loved it back then, so I knew it was going to be tough. And even rewatching that, you know, it's still '80s, right? And so you have to kind of go into it, kind of understanding that that it's going to be cheesy. Mm-hmm. The effects aren't going to be super realistic. Yeah, but all in. I mean, okay, let's stick on Kroll for just a second. So some of the folks that are in it, like big names now, Liam Neeson mm-hmm. is in yeah. it. Um, Francesca, uh, I don't know how to pronounce her last name. I think it's Anis. Um, she is the, she plays Lady Jessica in Dune, which you haven't seen still, but she plays Paula Atreyu's mother, basically, mm. in the in the 80s Dune uh, movie. Which, what, what else and was she in? Because I immediately recognized she's in her. A, She's in a bunch of stuff. Um, I don't remember anything else. I just knew her from Dune, like right away. Mm-hmm. And then the guy Robbie Robbie Coltrane, who everyone will remember as Hagrid from Harry Potter. Wait, 
Which one? He doesn't have a beard, which is probably why he didn't recognize him in this movie, but he's like super young. Um, what, what character was he? Gosh, man, I don't, I don't know his name <laughs> in the movie. Uh, Tor or something. And, and did you see anything on like the Cyclops guy? Because I feel like I've seen him. I mean, obviously he doesn't have a real, you know, he doesn't, he's not a real Cyclops, but yeah. I feel like I've seen no, that I, guy before too. I didn't, I didn't take the time to research that, man. Mm. To me, it was just kind of like the plot was all over the place. It's kind of telling that none of the main characters, like the lead male actor or the lead female actress really did anything else. Mm-hmm. I just thought like it was just, it was tough to get through. Like I wanted it to be, like there's some cool parts, yeah. right? And if you're a little kid, I can see totally why it's like, oh man, that's cool. Mm-hmm. They're blocking lasers with a sword. And you're like, well, okay. <laughs> um, well, also like, you know, like what I said earlier about it trying to be Star Wars. So a couple things. Number one, it, like all of the sword battles were with regular swords, but they had electricity, kind of like yeah. lightsabers. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the bad guys, which were called the Slayers, were, mm-hmm. I guess they were like... Aliens, right? Yeah, I guess, they were like sort of like robots, but then once they were killed, like this little alien thing would mm-hmm. shoot out. That was weird. And also, if you're a fan of R2-D2, when he mm-hmm. like gets burned or gets shot or something and he makes that like we'll yeah. put the put the sound in but uh if you like that sound that's the sound that you heard every single time one of the villains were were killed oh yeah <laughs> did you notice that yeah man that every single time was that it was crazy another thing that I was so disappointed in and because, you know, the main thing that I had remembered was that sort of star, like spinning blade thing. And he doesn't even, oddly enough, you know, they, there's 20 battles with, uh, you know, the Slayers and all these other characters. And then right to the last bit of the movie, all of a sudden he pulls out this weapon. It's like, where the, where the f- has that been? Yeah, no, I think he didn't. He find, there's like some scene where he, I mean, as you can tell, like that's how much, in, that's how invested I was in this thing. Yeah. And even, it just lost me. Yeah. But dude, in comparison to, the, I mean, I think obviously it's pretty clear in our minds that. Well, let's get into, let's, before we yeah, get Let me thoughts. talk a little bit about the Beastmaster. Yeah. So for me, Obviously, better acting, better quality, better actors, man. I mean, it's got Rip Torn, mm-hmm. for God's sakes. It's got Mark Singer. And if you don't know him from The Beastmaster, he was the guy that, that played the lead character in the TV series V uh, back in the 80s, mm-hmm. which I was obsessed mm-hmm. with whenever I was a kid. It scared me to death, but I, I watched it. And then who else? I feel like, oh, John Amos, the dad from Good Times. You wouldn't, you'll know him whenever you see him. And then, oh yeah, 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 yeah. He's awesome. He, yeah. And he's uh, his character's amazing. Yeah, he's like a monk almost. He's the guy. Uh, immediately, I recognize him as the dad from Coming to America. Yeah, the restaurant. Yep. The he owns McDougal's. Yes. Yeah, 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 dude. Uh, and then also, uh, rest in peace. Recently, uh, Tanya Roberts from Charlie's Angels, who recently passed away. Like I don't know, just like a few days ago or something, oh, you know, man. at the time. And that's the girl? This airs and it'd be several weeks. Yeah. Dang, and boy, man. she is just gorgeous. Yeah, man. she was great. But some funny things, uh, like I said, my brother and I were obsessed with these movies. I'm pretty sure, I just don't remember 
seeing, uh, like I was kind of caught off guard. There's this scene where the Beastmaster approaches this, almost like a pond or something. And he's kind of like sneaking up oh, yeah. um, on these two like girls that are just like bathing in the pond. And yep, you see you, it's straight up nudity. Now keep in mind, this is rated PG and you're oh, seeing on screen straight up boobs. Which, and I don't remember that. Which, I mean, you know, whenever you would see that BN as a kid for brief nudity, I mean, this, mm-hmm. this is like full on two topless girls and it just kind of stays there for a while. Yeah, but dude, they don't warn you about that back then. I guarantee you that wasn't like on the back cover or anything. So that's why I think like we might have had like the TV version that we recorded or something. But even then, man, I guess I just, I don't know, maybe that was part of the reason why we loved it so much. But oh, yeah. Man, I just thought it was better. The story's cooler. The Beastmaster himself is kind of cool. At first, kind of rewatching it as an adult, I was like, you know, he's got this ferret that follows him around. I'm like, not really. Yeah, well, that, that that's cool. what, yeah, Toto and Pogo, or po, Togo, Toto and yeah, Poto. Like, mm. But then, you know, other animals kind of uh, end up coming into the freight, like this awesome, like, eagle, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. So it ends up being a lot cooler. Yeah, I, I thought this was really cool. I think the reason that I, I don't know, it's weird. I, I just have a memory of not liking it because, so... What I like about sort of that era and like fantasy movies is like I like all like the magic and like wizards and like, you know, I love all that kind of stuff. And so I think as a kid, I I sort of I didn't really gravitate towards this movie because or this franchise really because it leans. He's kind of more almost like a barbarian type, mm-hmm. um, which I think they even say that in the beginning of the movie. And so, you know, instead of like like your your sort of warrior, your hero guy, instead of him being a little more modernized, and when I say that, I'm, I mean, I mean like in in the arena of like fantasy sort of style and costuming, you know, he's he's pretty much wears like a loincloth the whole time, and mm-hmm. he's like shirtless. Which, by the way, this dude is probably the most ripped, ripped shreds, dude, dude. <laughs> yeah. you've ever seen. You know, I. I I didn't lean into it, I think, because of that. But honestly, man, I got to say, dude, in rewatching this, I really like Beastmaster. It's really cool. cool, right? Doesn't it make you want to be a Beastmaster character in Dungeons? The whole time I was watching it. That's all I could think of. Yeah. Yeah, he's a great actor. I felt like the chemistry between all of the actors, it just felt like, you know, especially in comparison to Kroll, it just felt... Like, man, I mean, the acting was so stiff and so mm. just not good, even though, yeah. you know, with Curl, you know, going back to Curl a little bit, even though I feel like the the lead guy, I feel like he could have actually been pretty great, but I, I don't think the directing was good. I don't think the writing was good. You know, he, I think he was supposed to come across as like almost like an Errol Flynn type, like a little bit of like a swashbuckling type. Mm-hmm. more hero oh, yeah. sort of yeah and i you know and he you know he was sort of like the british accent so it was a little more like like proper kind of mm-hmm. and i think he, he could have been great but i just feel like none of the other cast they just weren't working together whereas like yeah with beastmaster it felt like like these people were all friends 
outside of and the production value was just much higher too like even just yeah scene for scene is just and the fact that it came out and was probably filmed earlier earlier you know i, I just feel like it, the quality of it mm-hmm. just across across the board was just was just much better so it's, for me and it sounds like for you yeah this one is the clear the clear champion of this battle yeah definitely the clear winner um one thing i did find out about because man the whole time i was listening to curl or watching curl um the whoever did like the the music the composer or whatever i was like man this sounds like straight up john williams uh, and for a minute i was like this has to be john williams but it's not it's actually a guy named james horner i looked it up he is an american composer conductor he's orchestrated over 100 film scores he did the music to Avatar, uh, Titanic, mm-hmm. Willow, um, huh. and apparently he was kind of known for uh, he, oh uh, Star Trek Two, The Wrath of Khan, and Star Trek Three. <laughs> he would oh Aliens, Wolfen, Braveheart, yeah. Two Thousand One, A Space Odyssey. He was bad about like reusing his score. So like in Aliens, the the action theme is actually the same as in Wolfen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he used the same score in 2001 A Space Odyssey and it was also in Willow and Field of Dreams were all like almost the same thing. Jeez. Which is pretty funny. But yeah, um, but yeah it is it is weird because you definitely, I think Crawl, you can see that they, uh, you know, put a little more money into it. But honestly, mm-hmm. I think the effects, you know, are much better for Beastmaster. Yeah, I mean... They kind of get a an easy win there because they didn't have to have lasers flying around. Yeah, well, and yeah. then and then too, like the whole sort of last like quarter of the movie, they're in this weird like, and again, I mean, I bet this was you know this cost a lot of money. It looks like they're in like a like an eardrum, like the whole like they're inside like a big ear. It just, it was like this mm. huge set and stuff. And it just felt so mis- misused a little. And the the ending villain was, I thought he looked pretty cool. He's on the cover. Yeah. There are some cool spots too. Like there was like this moment where they're like, there's that spider, you know? Yeah, that was cool. That was, I like that. was that. kind of cool, mm-hmm. I guess, but I don't know. Yeah. And, and the, the, you know, talking about like the pacing being so slow in those old movies, boy, when he finally brings out this this awesome weapon this like spinning like star and it has like knives at the end basically i mean he he throws it first of all it's like spinning around you know it's defying gravity and it's spinning around and it's cutting through this wall to so he can get in there to get get the girl out and i mean i swear dude it it did this for like five full minutes <laughs> and, it, and it just keeps going back to showing his face and he's like holding out his hand like He's waiting on it return, and then it shows the girl, and then she's viewing it from the inside, and she can see this light, like something mm-hmm. spinning, and it literally just, does that for five full minutes. What a waste. It, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, ugh. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, But, you know, it's tough, because when we talk about these movies, a lot of us, our listeners, everybody, you know, they might have an emotional attachment to some of these mm-hmm. movies, and so they could say, well, I mean, no way, man, that movie's awesome, and, and I get it, trust me, whenever I try to rewatch old movies with my wife immediately once we start watching i'm like oh yeah 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 it wasn't as good as i remember but 
if you can kind of view it through the lens, I would just say these two pitted up against each other and maybe it was an unfair matchup. And really, I think Kroll kind of snuck in the list. Um, <laughs> well, dude, I, I had an emotional attachment to Kroll because I, I remember it so fondly and thinking, I mean, I, I legitimately thought like, yeah, Kroll is going to blow Beastmaster away. Mm-hmm. Um, so this week, I'm victorious. Yeah, Beastmaster is definitely... Now, do we have... Um, the Beastmaster sequels? No, not on the list. Kind of want to watch Beastmaster man, 2. Man, I mean, I'm definitely going to yeah. watch it because it was, I yeah. thought it was awesome. It's pretty good, man. Beastmaster 3, you can go ahead and skip though. It was like a TV only. Mm. It's not, now, not good. Now, was it like much later? Yeah, like the late 90s. Oh, wow. Or mid 90s, maybe. I mean, once it's. Yeah, but Beastmaster 2, I think, only came out like a couple years later. Yeah, yeah. Maybe like 88 or something like that. I don't know. Mm. Well, what, do you know offhand or can you look what's uh, who we got next? Because um, I can't. The next remember. one is The Dark Crystal and The Princess Bride, which I mm. think is actually. That's going to be a tough. That's a I good I think that's a good matchup. matchup yeah. Man, that's going to be tough. Yeah. Because I love both of those movies. Mm-hmm. Cool, man. Well, I think this is a good place for us to wrap it up. I think that um, if you are listening and you want to uh, go watch one of those old movies, if you haven't seen the Beastmaster, I mean, I, I think it would be a pretty cool movie to watch. I mean, yeah. part of the reason it's one of the first battles really is I think it's probably less mainstream than a lot of these that we're going to be doing. Mm-hmm. You know, including like next next time when we talk about the Dark Crystal versus um, the Princess Bride. Uh, well, Princess Bride, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, speaking of Peter Falk, man, he's oh, in the that's Bride. right, him and Fred Savage. Yeah. Anyway. I think the Beastmaster is a cool one if you haven't seen it. You could probably skip Kroll. Yeah. Uh, however, yeah. if you're super into Kroll, then I'm sorry. And you should watch that then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, I, I'm so sorry, but Kroll will... It'll definitely let you down. And sometimes it's, I think, smart to um, maybe not revisit those old ones that you have mm-hmm. such fond memories mm-hmm. of. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Well, cool. cool. Well, okay. All right. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. You go ahead. I was just going to say thanks uh, to everybody that continues to grab things from our merch store. Mm. Man, these things are flying off the shelves like hotcakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I don't know any shelves that have hotcakes on them. But anyhow, I um, it's exciting, man. The most popular items right now are the you know baseball tees to the long sleeve T-shirt type stuff things that keep you warm the hoodies the sweatshirts all that stuff is is um still available so Mm -hmm. i think they've restocked buttons and stickers as well so if you are looking to get some that would be rad merchandise it's very easy all you have to do is go to shop.spreadshirt.com slash that would be rad well cool well um you know, if you want to get in touch with us, you want to talk to us, either send us a DM over at our Instagram page. That would be rad. We'd love all your comments and, um, you know, we'd love to hear thoughts, opinions on your favorite movies, uh, you know, in the 80s fantasy face-off. Uh, we'll probably release the bracket when this episode releases. Yeah. Either do that or if you have anything lengthier that you want to talk to us about, hit us up at our email at... That would be radpod at gmail.com. We love you. We thank you. Without you, this isn't possible. We appreciate all your support. And as always, be rad. That's the way it goes.
time where I just needed some sunshine. You were already dead before you became a ghost. You always. 